This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel. It's the Kid Double H Half Hope. Remember to follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the Talking Tactics. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review. If you want to support the podcast monetarily, remember to check us out on Patreon. We recorded last week's episode today. What was it about? I've taken a nap in between, so I feel slightly disjointed. Well, you're asking the wrong, like, my brain isn't fully functioning. Man. <laughs> because, because I also took a, a nap earlier as well, so yeah. No, 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 no. Um, so we, 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 we give you some good quality content. And also, we there's one that's, that's coming this week as well. That's also a very... I remember. I remember exactly what we talked about. Capoeira. Oh, I thought you were talking about what we talked about last time. No. So you mean the one that we recorded to, today? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's easy. Oh, yeah. yeah. We talked about Capra. We talked about slavery. We talked about Africa and why Africa is in the state that it's in. We talked about colonialism, white people, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So check it out. Check it out. All right. Let's start the episode because uh, we got a lot to get through. I don't know what happened with football this week, but it was just like, all right, it's a lot. So mm. we're going to start with Juventus. Half Hope has informed me that during my nap, Juventus have come under threat of being removed from Serie A. What's going on? <laughs> Technically speaking, Juventus, Real Madrid, and Barcelona, they are still in the Super League. And because, again, they don't want to leave because they say, you know, you pay us, pay us the money, pay us the money. Go under that sofa, go under that table, lift up that TV and so forth, and, and give us that hush money. Um, the Italian Federation president, Gabriele Gravina, says that... Um, if Juventus doesn't respect the rules, they will be out. At the time of registration for the next Serie A Championship, the club will be excluded if they decide not to withdraw from the Super League. So, that is the position that Juve certainly are in. But Juventus basically are nearly Perez. See, I don't think Laporta has been that outspoken. I think the guys who have been, the faces of it have really been Perez and Anelli. They're like, nope. Um, UEFA are too aggressive and they're just they, they are bringing for this aggressive tactics to try to threaten us 
And so for the board, we feel that we're in the right and we feel that we should be properly financially compensated because the way that the format currently exists for UEFA isn't right, specific to the amount of money that we believe that our club should be earning off this competition. So it's it's going to be interesting. And obviously, it's, it then links into... Um, what where UV will finish this season? So if UV manage to get top four, that still may not matter because they'll then be not not only will they not be in the Champions League because again they are fighting um, to create their own specific Champions League. Air quotes, they could end up being in Serie B. This there's just so much bad stuff with events because there's the PLO issue now. I, I was already talking about how. Pielo could be sacked before the next game. So they may think they're thinking about actually relieving him of his of his duties before the next game. Which as much as I love Pielo would actually be the right thing to to do. You know, because I think new manager bounce, it gives Juventus the best possible chance if they can come in so the next game with it, just a new manager and and so forth, a new list of, of ideas. Well, it's it's Juve are in a really messed up situation. And it's just so funny about how it's like life, you know, things were going so well. Nine in a row, you know, kings of Italy, you made two CL finals and so forth. And then this year, boom, just brick after brick after brick after brick. The Serie A table, it reads, you know, Juve have 69 points, Napoli 70, Atalanta and Milan are on 72, and Inter obviously clear they won the league. They win a couple games. They're in top four. The only reason you sack Pirlo is if you really think sacking the manager will get a better performance from the players, which then means you know you win your last three games, and hopefully that's enough to get you above the three that you're chasing. But if the ultimate mission is getting Champions League football and you're not going to be in the competition because of things that have happened off the pitch rather than on the pitch, is there really a point to sack Pirlo? But what matters? What matters is... I don't know what matters with Juventus anymore. We don't know. But let's just hazard a guess. Mm-hmm. Top four. You want to at least be in the Champions League because of the amount of money that you will lose. Although they've said that... Um, quick, quick side note. So even if... I don't, I don't know how much this will be, but they say like as a punishment to all the teams who join the Super League, 5% of the revenue is going to be with, withheld. Now, where does that 5% go? You oh. even said that they're not going to keep any of the proceeds, that it's going to go to, you know, grassroots and... Uh-huh, that's, that's good. It's, okay, let's go back to the very beginning. Why did you hire PLO? I think I remember speaking to a Juventus fan. He said that they knew that this team was coming towards the end. They didn't have any money to invest. So, again, it goes back to this bull crap about, hey... This manager knows the, the the club. You know he understands what this club is about, which is complete crap. Because I, because I'm convinced that the moment Pielo left the exam hall, he was hijacked, thrown thrown into a car, and he was guilt stripped into taking the the job. That's my story, and I'm going to stick to it. Either that, or Pielo never took the exam. He paid for um for an exam certificate to have a a, a coaching badge. He tried to convince Agnelli that, no, I did actually take take the whole thing. I paid for it, but he was forced into it. So either way, um, this guy said 
Pierlo maybe could come in and help to usher in a new era for events, you know, work with some of the younger players and just help to just, you know, build them anew. And I disagree with him, but that's just what he believed. But as I said again, like, look, it's the same thing with Lampard and so forth. It's like this thing of the manager knows the club. No. Soakshare, at least he had experience. Good or bad, at least he had some ex- ex- A whole experience. decade of experience, not just like one season somewhere. Like he mm-hmm. was doing it for 10 years. Yeah, so, so, so I think he was in Norway and Cardiff. It was a it was a bad call by Anita, hence why I can't put the blame on on Pielo. So people blaming Pielo now. I'm like this notion of you know having Pielo's kids and now being sent death threats and and so forth. I'm like, <laughs> you shouldn't be sending anyone death threats. Anybody you should be angry with is the people who hired Pielo. Do you blame a moron for trying to build your your house? No, you 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 blame the guy who hired the moron to try to build your house. You can't just be angry at the moment. Why? Why is the roof on the on the on the floor? Why have you put the the kitchen sink in the middle of the living room? It's like I'm a moron. I can't help it. But ask the guy who hired me. You know, so so I just blame the guy who hired the, the moron. So now, Pielo is no more moron. Pielo is a legend and so forth. But he has no experience. He has zero managerial experience. And just thrusting him into this, you can tell that look, this is he's out of his depth. Why aren't you calling and, him Andrea Homeboy? Because because I like Pielo <laughs> and I like the manager. I'm sorry, it is what it is. I will never call him Andrea Homeboy. So Frank Homeboy, but Andrea Homeboy. Yeah, because look, because the way I feel about Pielo is not the same way I feel about Lampard. So it is. Just, what you it know, is. I'm just asking for consistency. But okay, yeah, you know, Charles fans, what up? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so 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 basically you. If I was advising Pielo, because he Pielo is adamant and says he will not resign and, and step down. If I was like Pielo's friend or his confidence, I'd say, Pielo, step down, bro. Just step down. You know, because if you truly love this club and respect this club, you would step down because that is the right thing to do. Can we talk about Cristiano quickly? Because oh. there's one other story from Italy that's quite relevant. What happens with Cristiano? If they don't make top four or if they're banned from Europe. So so basically, I was watching the ESPN FC crew. Of course he was. As always. And Marcotti came up with an interesting suggestion. So Marcotti said they could strike a deal. Because he says that if you allow me to go on a free, you will save 70 to 77 million a year on my wages. That could help you greatly financially. And that could be a potential possibility. Now, for me personally, I would want Cristiano to play in the Europa League. Okay, <clears throat> you cannot just jump ship. No, you. If you finish fifth, stick with it. Stick with the team. See out your contracts. I want to see you play FC Thogdout and um, Fruit, Fruit Sellers United in the Europa League. I want. You, I want to see 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 that. <laughs> so, but my thing though is that I, if you don't see, I don't think you you will end up fifth because if you look at Napoli. Atlanta and um, those guys' fixtures, they will drop points. They will drop points. Yeah, I think Milan and Napoli will drop points, and I think Juve will just about get into fourth. But if they don't, I mean, Cristiano will... I mean, based just for his branding and so forth, Cristiano, he'd, he would never. He would, he would never allow himself to play in the Europa League. Where should he go? Well, Sporting Lisbon, I believe, are in mm-hmm. the Champions League. He could, he, he could, he could go back home. Um, people have suggested PSG. 
Inter Miami will not be bad. The MLS will not be, be bad. Now, people can say, oh, MLS, it's a retirement home and so forth. But I beg to differ. You're of a certain age. You've got great branding. I mean, for instance, you were in The Simpsons. So you've already dipped your foot into the whole American market. Because uh, I, I think, yeah, because I think it was Homer that said, Ronaldo in okay. The Simpsons episode. <laughs> um, okay, two things. Or maybe just one thing. Are we sure Ronaldo can go to America? Oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. Because <laughs> I'm sure yeah. once he steps foot on America, like, didn't Juventus divert their a planned United States tour because of the complications of Ronaldo's case in Las Vegas? Or are those charges yeah. dealt yeah, with? Th- I'm yeah, not yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But, know, maybe, but maybe have... the moment he steps back, because they can't reach him, they're started again. So I don't – and it's not just he's staying in Florida. Las Vegas PD can't get to him. Like, I'm pretty sure if he goes to Los Angeles or something, you know, that's within driving distance. So I don't know if Ronaldo could go to America or if he'd risk going to America because of the legal ramifications. So there's that. Just for you, Chelsea need goals. The greatest goal scorer of all time, perhaps, is available on a free. Would you look into it if you were Marina Roman Czech? How old is Cristiano? 35? Chelsea can't be buying a 35-year-old. They bought Thiago Silva. He's a defender. That's different. Ronaldo wasn't your average 35-year-old. Like, It's not like... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Kevin Nolan at 35 <laughs> or somebody like that. You know, like this guy's like a physical marvel to be able to do what he does at that age. So if he's 35, you might be 36. I think he was born in 86. I'm not sure. Or no, he was born in 85, wasn't he? He's 36. But Silva was bought at 36 and then turned 37. Or was it 35 and 36? So Chelsea would have a history of signing players at that age. Ibrahimovic is 40. He had a pretty good season. Ronaldo's probably in better shape or a better you know, athlete than Ibrahimovic. So I'm curious if he became available. One, would he even go? Because would you want to risk messing up the Manchester United thing? Manchester United just re-signed Cavani, so there's probably no chance that they sign Ronaldo and Cavani. So if England were to happen, definitely not City. That's just too much. If I were Chelsea, I'd look into it because it does make sense. If Ronaldo can come in and get you, he doesn't even need to be the goals-a-game scorer. He just needs to be better than Timo Werner. And if they win the Champions League, they have the money probably to pay the wages based off the, the winnings of going through, you know, semi-quarters, etc. So money wouldn't really be an issue. I'd look into it. I don't know if I pulled the trigger on it based on age and whatnot. But, you know, if you can get two or three seasons from Ronaldo and he scores 60, 70 goals in 100 games, I think you'd feel good about it. Now, obviously, for half hope, this would make him even more complicated than he is, I'm sure. <sighs> Um, I understand the logic and I respect the logic but no other European team makes sense he's not going to go back to Madrid PSG can they afford him it's PSG they have oil if, if Chelsea can, can afford him PSG can, can if afford if they him. sell Mbappe then you go get him but Ronaldo Mbappe Neymar although in theory it works Ronaldo is the striker Neymar left, Mbappe right. Like, yeah, it could work. That no, no, but no, no, that would actually be weird. I mean, if Chelsea did buy Cristiano, that'd be. Weird. I, I'm like, oh my god, like this is very awkward. 
How much money, if you're N'Golo Kante, do you request for the number seven? See, Kante, so he seems so nice. I don't know personally. Oh, he would have done. He would. He would. He would. He would give it to Christian. Do you think Pest he would bequeath it for free? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Kante, no, he, 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 he doesn't give a damn. <laughs> Kante, Kante, he, he could care less. He's like, oh, you want? Oh, fine, take it. Okay, I don't, I don't, I don't give a crap. If Kante wins the Champions League. And they try to sign Ronaldo, and he asked for the seven. I'm like, nah, I'm a Champions League winner now, bro. I got a World Cup. I got the Champions League. I'm not giving you number seven. Like, you can wear 77, CR77, but I'm not giving you my number, man. Oh, what number does Conte wear for France? 13. Maybe he'd... Wait, wait, isn't it seven? So it's not seven he wears for for France? Mm -mm. Seven is Griezmann for France. I think Conte wears 13. Just a thought that came into my mind. One last thing in Italy. Mourinho to Roma. Mm. Is Spurs to Roma a lateral move, backwards move, actually good for him to go to Serie A? Like, what does this mean for Mourinho? Is it desperation? Lats, like, lateral up. Like, what's, what do you call Like, lateral with a little bit of a dip towards towards the end. No, no, no. Lateral with a, with a bit of an upward swing towards the end of the line. That's, that's what this move is. Because I think, because let, let, let's just keep it real. Roma have won more trophies. Like, Roma have actually won a league tight title. Spurs haven't. <laughs> well, so, Spurs haven't won a league title in the Premier League. They have won one in yeah, the but, Okay, Roma have won a league title more recently than Spurs. Okay. You know, back in the early 2000s with Totti and them. Are and any of those players? Well, you know, just no, but, but, but still, it's like they still have. And also, they've been in and around the Champions League. Look, they were in a Champions League semi final a few years ago. Tottenham were I, in a final. And those players were in the team. Roma, I think, based off what. Totti was, and what that whole era of Totti, Tomasi, Batistuta, and Cafu, and so forth, Roma still have a bit more to them than They're a Totti. Your team than Spurs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, they had an amazing kit. Like that kit, they had around <laughs> 01 02, the tight fit for freaking amazing. With, so, with no sponsor? Yeah. How do you feel about <laughs> that, by the way? Like well, sponsorships on kits? Are you a yeah, fan of like the no sponsor kit with just like you know the maker on one pack badge on the other, or do you actually I mean, like if a sponsorship matches well with the kit? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. I think that it can be a nice design thing, you know, like like even Chelsea during the whole autoglassing out because I said I said that wait what the heck is autoglass? <laughs> you know, I was like I was just say wait wait what wait why is a glass manufacturer on bloody ch- on a football jersey? But then, like, you know, Fly Emirates just, just, just looked cool when it was on the jersey. Fly Emirates actually looked cool and, and so forth. So, like, um, Barca and UNICEF, like, that worked. Mm. Chelsea and Samsung had one. Was it Madrid and Samsung? Siemens is what they had. Oh. Pause. Um, Pause. <laughs> like, only the iconic ones. So, Manchester United and Sharp. Or Arsenal, JVC, or you know those ones. Oh, no, like Man United, like AIG. I'll give you a great example of a sponsor that doesn't work: Lette and Napoli. It ruins all of their kits having what? like the big L-E-T-E in cursive letters. <laughs> it's too red. The shirt is baby blue, but they have the red spot. Like it just it doesn't fit. Maybe if they change the font or the color or something, but it just it doesn't work. Putting red on baby blue, just nah. That's one that I would like to see changed. Lette, is it milk? I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, do you think Mourinho will succeed in Roma? 
because okay, and when when he went to Spurs, you said immediately this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Do you get the same vibe from Roma? I actually think in Roma he'll get far more time. Well, no, no, like like he'll get three, four, five seasons if he wants them. So, like Tottenham is a special case. That's I just know that uh, no, like you see, Tottenham needed something completely different. I would is why with Maria coming in, he's going to give them something difficult. I think with. I think it was it Fonseca or so forth, or even with um, Di Francesco, mm. that they played a particular way. And Mourinho is not going to now bring back more pragmatism as opposed to the kind of more attacking football that they played under, I think, Fonseca and Di Francesco. Also, when he took over Spurs, they were just in Champions League final. They were just competing for Premier League, mm. Kane, Son, et cetera, et cetera. I think Roma are seventh. Eight yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, in the they're gonna win, yeah. So, and they're not even close to challenging for the top four. Like, there's like a 15 point gap there, there about. I think Syria will be very open next season. I think Spain. You know, when we were discussing all of the permutations that could have happened with if this team wins, if that team wins, if th- if that team wins, if that team loses, blah blah blah. Everybody drew. Everybody got a point. A week where the top four played each other and nothing changed. That was kind of anticlimactic, although somewhat enjoyable, because draws are draws mean the game is close. So, you know, you have the natural drama of the of the game, but nothing changed. So Atletico are still where they are. I think Madrid and Barca are still level on points, and Sevilla didn't gain any ground. So I, I guess let's, let's start with Madrid Sevilla because of how they got their equalizer. They don't want to give it to him, man. Are you claiming that? One thousand percent. You know, I saw it was a cross goal first. Then people said, "No, it's a hazard deflection." Then someone said it deflected off the Sevilla defender, whose name escapes me. Diego Carlos. Carlos. No, no, it's, 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 so, so Google had it, Diego Carlos OG. Yeah. Then it then got changed to Hazard. So that's the official story. Yeah. All right. Like, 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 if you look on Google, it says he has it in 90 plus four. And my I thing saw is, that, and then I saw BBC say an own goal. So I was like, oh, I don't know. Can I celebrate this? Is it even right to celebrate? <laughs> no, 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 for me, I'm, I'm claiming because for me, that's a great narrative. Like, if Real win the, the league, you can say that may have been a crucial, crucial point because Real lose that, they're out of it. And that one point could be the difference in this whole thing. You ever watched ice hockey? Have I ever played ice hockey? Have you ever watched ice oh, hockey? Yeah, 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 all the time. Yeah. So there's this really cool thing. Like I don't, I'm not a big fan of ice hockey, but mm. um, one of the cool things, like whenever you watch it and like there's a goal scored, the hand-eye coordination that some of these guys have. So a puck is coming at 100 miles an hour. What is that in kilometers? Like 200 something. And um, they're able, like what one guy will be in front of the net and he sees the puck coming in such time and he's just able to divert his stick in such a way where it deflects the puck to go into the goal. And you're like, is that intentional? How did you know what part of the stick the puck was going to hit? Because how can you even see the puck mm. to know where the goal is like? Or is that luck, instinct, or 
Yeah, is it just insane reaction and instinct and just skill? <laughs> because and I wonder was- if could we give Hazard the same credit, or is that just totally fortunate <laughs> that like Kroos hits the ball, Eden Hazard's trying to run or get out of the way? Can he make up in his mind if I put my boot like this? It's going to put off the goalkeeper. I don't think we can do that in the same way that I would do it for a hockey player. No, I mean, no, my thing is no, like, I always find it's crazy in ice hockey how, because I'm like, I can hardly see this freaking thing. And <laughs> I, I, I didn't know it's a, it's a goal when the guy starts, I was like, wait, wait, wait. It's like, shh, shh, boom, it's in. Like, Whoa, what the heck? Because things are happening so quickly, yeah. you know? And I'm like, wow, man, just the kind of quickness that people have to react to because that pocket just going from side to side, boom, boom, out and everything. So, And even how difficult it is for keepers because people say, oh, the goal is so small. Or no, the, the, the pocket is so, is so tiny. And things are happening at such a rapid amount of time and it's so back and forth that it is very difficult to even try and pull off some crazy saves. Um, but with the hazard thing, it it's all about your perception. Because if you look at when the ball went in and you look at Hazard's reaction, it may lean to like, oh, maybe he was like, oh, jeez, I thought I messed it up off you. But then if you look at the actual goal, when Cruz hits it, you can see that Hazard flicks his leg. So he does like a flick. So he just doesn't hit it. So he's like, oh, the ball's come. Let me just flick it. And then that's then diverted through Diego Carlos' legs and makes it go into the the goal. is he trying to score or control it? If he's even trying to do something with it. But we'll that's never why we'll know. never know. Cause... We'll never know. You can either view it as he tried to get out of the way and he's like, oh, geez, it hits me. Or maybe if I, because that ball just going straight, maybe if I can just divert it, that can mess up the keeper. <laughs> if I can just put my, my, my leg. But I can so... hear people in my head like, are these guys really trying to break down this goal? <laughs> Yes. For anybody who's listening, and and and, and I know you're, you're you're listening, Bill Bill Hambley. I know you're listening, Billy Boy. That's Hazard's goal. It is it is Eden Hazard's goal, man. It is Eden Hazard's right. goal. Um, Barca let to go. I definitely thought Messi was going to make that free kick, but I think Old Black had it covered. No, no, forget that. Remember his his, his run in the first half. Mm. Barcelona are trash. <laughs> like like they are they are trash because every quality team they faced they've either lost to or not been able to beat. So they lost to Atletico, then draw. I believe they lost to Real Madrid twice. Mm. And they got pimp-smacked by PSG in that first leg. So this team is actually trash. Because my thinking was we would return back to regular programming. Real would win. Barca would win. And Real and Barca would be first and second. And Real would just be ahead based on head-to-head as ah. Back to regular program, but this just shows that this is a wholly new era that we're living in right now. Because for me, Atletico should have won that game. They had the better chances. Like Carrasco had a like Carrasco was probably again the best player on the pitch, and he was the best player in the when 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 they played as Wonder. So for Atletico, it's like because again, if Atletico had won this game, they'd be in an amazing position right right now. So for Atletico. I really believe this is just going to end up being that Atletico won't win it or everyone else will just lose it and they'll win by default. Or put it this way. If Madrid and Sevilla played before Atletico and Barcelona, and let's say Madrid win, I bet you Atletico lose. 
<laughs> like if Real Madrid have 77 points and then Atletico are playing Barcelona and they have to win or get a result in order to get back to 77 or 79, I'll bet you they lose and Barca win. But because they played first, yeah, but they played on Saturday instead of Sunday, just go out there and play your game. And that puts the pressure on Madrid that you guys have to win. And obviously, I forgot about this, but that Vinicius miss. From Modric to see Kroos in that way, the guy's incredible. Another player who's 35-36, by the way. So Modric is having one of his better seasons in recent memory. And he's 30-something, late 30s, mid-30s. So, again, to your Chelsea, you shouldn't sign this guy. Uh, you know, people are playing into good ages. By the way, I saw Robin scored on his way, on his first game back in Holland for Groningen. I'm not sure how, quite sure how to pronounce it, but, you know, and he was in tears in the post-match. So, you know, people are out here balling into, into their old age. Yeah, but um, did you see him on his own, his bicycle? No. Yeah, he, he rode was... a bike? No, no, no. I think he rode a bicycle home. Wait, I mean, I think someone someone sent it to me. I think I may have an image here somewhere. That's um, human. That's how they like say. But anyway, um, yeah. Atletico, again, last week I said I you can't put points in their pocket. But ever increasingly, you can say the same for the other three. Like, can you put points in Barca's pocket? No. <laughs> can you put points in Madrid's pocket? No. So... Did Atletico give themselves enough of a cushion with the 15-13 point lead in the midpoint of the season? And it seems like they just have enough of a buffer. But you say that, and next week they could lose their game. Madrid and Barcelona win, and they're up by a point, or those two. And Madrid are at the top of the table. So it's going to go down to the last game of the season, which is what you want. All three teams are going to be involved. And, you know, it's fun. Unless we have anything left to talk about in Spain, who do you think is going to win? I guess let's 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 put a prediction on wax. I still go with Madrid because they have all the tiebreakers. They have the tiebreaker with Barcelona. They have the tiebreaker mm, with Atletico. Nah, nah, nah. Real. See, for me, I've got to stick. I was sticking with Barcelona because that's what I said initially. So I'll stick but with. But you said this it, is the worst Barcelona team you've seen in your life, I know, and they're I know. still capable of winning this league. I know, yes. But my thing is that I'm sticking with Barcelona, but I think eventually it will be Atletico, based on just how crap these, these, these guys Realize are. Realize if Barcelona win, then people are going to be claiming Messi to win Ballon d'Or. <sighs> then any, anyone that, that, that claims that is a, is, is a sick psychopath. <laughs> France, Lille beat Lens, and PSG drew with Rennes, or Rennes, if Rennes. I listen to the buff. There's two games left in the season. Basically, Lille need four points. And it's secured. Even this could go down to the last game. Mm-hmm. Probably will. Yeah, definitely. Because if Lille lose their next game, if PSG win, then it's 79-79. And PSG will have to win their last game. PSG cannot afford to drop any more points. Yeah. I'm still quite confused. Now, Lille are having a fantastic season. I mean, I have the table pulled up here. Only They've only lost three times. They've drawn 10 times. They've won 23. Um, if you look at PSG, they've lost eight times and drawn Gosh, four. Damn. Because Lille have drawn so many, it's still kind of in the, in the balance, so to speak. So, I don't so now know. if if PSG were to lose a game and Monaco were to win and so forth, PSG would then have to qualify for. Now we'll be seeing a crazy revolution that happened. If PSG were to lose their last two games and Leon and Monaco were to win their thingy two games, 
Whoa. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> but um, Juve Milan, Madrid Sevilla, and PSG Ren were all on at the same time. So you had to pick which one do you watch, or could you time when this game finishes, then you watch that one, then you watch that one. So I was kind of sort of trying to find links for all of them, and you know, so I only caught basically when Kempembe got a red card at like 85th minute or 89th minute, something in there. So yeah, it wasn't good. I think Neymar got a penalty at the beginning of the game, and they were trying to hold on to one nail, and they just couldn't. So. Uh, I don't know what's up with PSG. Neymar, though, Neymar signed a contract extension for four years. So until 2025, he'll be in Paris. What do you think of Neymar's decision to stay in Paris, at least for the foreseeable future? I mean, what else could he do? I think he knows that there's nowhere else to really go. The environment's maybe perfect for him, you know. He's given the freedom... It's good for his image, his his branding, and so forth. It's Paris. It's it's a lucrative market for him, and so forth. I, I suppose he's enjoying being in a team. So it's like you know, and they can pay him what he wants. And I think, see, my thing is that if people cannot say, "Oh, this is just solely about money." Yeah, money is an aspect. And like, guys, let's keep it real. Club football is about money. I don't want to hear any crap about oh loyalty and still low. Shut up. It's it's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's about money. So, but it's a combination of yep. I can get paid very well here, as well as yeah, this this works for me personally. Yep. So uh, I feel like if the alternatives were going back to Barcelona, and that's basically the only alternative, I can't even make it plural. If the alternative was going to back to Barcelona, I don't know why you'd want to do that. The only way if I would Neymar, I would go back to Barcelona is if Messi's future was known. And it isn't because Messi hasn't signed a contract and we don't know if he signed a pre-contract with some other club and they just haven't announced it yet because they're not trying to destroy the team, which seems like it could be a real possibility. Like as long as we can win the league, don't announce where Messi's going to go because it'll just make the fans even more mad. But I could see him having like a pre-contract with somebody and they don't announce it, but that's that's an aside. Um, if I don't know what that guy's doing and he's primarily the reason I left that place because I want my own team. I'm not going there. So I might as well just secure what's here. I think PSG makes the most sense for Neymar. And like you said, the brand, it all makes sense. Did you see PSG came out with like some Prince de Park or something like that? Like they, they did like a project with like the Prince estate. Prince. Yeah. Wait, the singer. Prince, the, Prince, the musician. Yeah. Like from Minnesota. Oh, wow. Purple rain. Little red Corvette, that oh. Prince. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that. Look, I know that Prince, bro. So yeah, Wait, so, uh, what, what did like a partnership with him? Yeah, PSG. I think there's like a record or something that this they've released. <laughs> you know, because you know how PSG play in the Park the Prince. Mm. So it's oh, okay. Prince oh. the Park or oh. something like like they did something. So like the branding and the the kit that they have and the Jordan, but like Neymar just fits perfectly. Perfectly in with that because he's the what third biggest brand in football, fourth biggest brand in sports, probably behind like LeBron James, Messi, and, and Ronaldo. So it all fits together. Let's take a trip to Germany. We've been here once already today by way of Brazil. Dortmund lost to Frankfurt 
according to my uh, crack research team, on April 3rd by mm. two goals to one. That would have put Frankfurt some distance ahead of Dortmund with five, six, seven, eight, nine games left to go. Just so happens that Dortmund, while they may have lost to Manchester City in the Champions League, they went on to beat Stuttgart, Werder Bremen, Union Berlin, Wolfsburg, who are second in the league, I think, or third in the league, Leipzig. So they've gone on to win one, two, three, four, five games in a row. Meanwhile, Frankfurt have decided, you know what, let's make this more interesting than it probably should have been. And they've dropped six, eight points in their last five games. And Dortmund are now ahead of them with two games left to play. It's interesting for Champions League purposes, obviously, but more so than the Champions League is the player traveling or acquisition market. If Dortmund weren't in the top four, then people would have been like, oh, Haaland has to leave, Sancho has to leave. If they're in the Champions League, doesn't that give Dortmund more of an incentive to keep these players and try to build on top? It actually does have interesting ramifications for the rest of European football. Like, do Dortmund have to sell Haaland if they're a Champions League club? No, and they don't even have to qualify, I think, in that fourth place spot. So they're just in it. Would you sell Haaland? Would you sell Sancho if you know you're in the Champions League? Now, Dortmund are obviously a selling club. They like money or just like the the business aspect of it. So if they get a good enough offer, they probably will. And just trust their scouting network to just find the next. But them in the Champions League does make this more interesting. Because when we were talking about Haaland and Sancho in the past couple months, it was kind of under the assumption that these guys are 7th, 6th, 5th. They're not going to make it. But if you look at the table now, they have their destiny in their own hands. Mm-hmm. You win two games, you're in. And you've won five in a row, so what's stopping you? So does this Champions League, do you think that affects their summer strategy? Or do you think their summer strategy was already thought about months ago? Dortmund is an, is an orphanage. <laughs> and in an orphanage, you know, be you, nice, you, you, you be come nice. That's <laughs> <laughs> basically an orphanage. You you go in, you come out, you go in, you 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 come out because the guys will say, yeah, I had a stint at an orphanage, but then eventually I left. You know, I wasn't there fully. An orphanage has an end period. It's stop period and an end period. They are, they will leave eventually if they get top four. Um, I do believe that. Haaland would have left if they didn't if if they don't I think I, rather I believe Haaland will leave if they do get top four. I think he'll push to, to, to leave, I think. If they do get top four, because they showed um, when they were showing the, the Dortmund game and when Sancho scored, they showed like how Haaland was celebrating in the stands. And just not how happy he was, and they just saw how happy they were when they won that game. So I do believe that Haaland is like, no, no, I like the, the, these guys and so forth, but I need to be in this Champions League. And I think he'll definitely want to go again with these guys, specifically with Marco Rose coming in. So they will think, okay, Marco Rose, if we keep Sancho, we keep Haaland and so forth. And let's just, and Jude Bellingham, who's been amazing. Also, shout out to Jude Bellingham, who finished completing his school in Kenya. You know, that's quality. Yeah. So if they can keep these guys, maybe acquire and make some other acquisitions, someone could could, could be a a threat again in the Champions. It could be an outside threat. So. I think Sancho is a sale that they probably would have already considered probably last summer. It's going to go. 
I think if the right money comes in for him, I think that's a sale they would have acquiesced to last summer. That, okay, if United or Chelsea or City come in with the right money, we'll let you go, and they probably have the next guy lined up for him. Haaland is a bit more difficult because you can't just go out and find another one of that mm. age bracket with that potency. You can't piece that together in your team. You either have one or you don't. So if they do make Champions League, I could see them holding on to him for another year and maybe trying to find the solution for next summer. But, you know, maybe if if they have one, if they can go and get the dude Silva from Frankfurt, maybe. Maybe they can make it happen. Whoever Bayern leaves for them, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bayern have first dibs, then Dortmund kind of oh, can go and... Well, but next. you hear that Bayern are interested in getting Sancho? Of course they are. Like, my first initial response is like, what? But then it's like, no, okay, that makes... Okay, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Why not? I mean, that's just wild, man. All right. Um, now, one last thing that we need to discuss about German football, and this isn't even about German football, but I'm using German football for, for purposes of this conversation. How do you feel about adding goals and assists together as uh, as a means by which to conduct football analysis? So I'll, I'll give the example. I saw a chart that came out yesterday or today um, because of my nap. I can't remember. And it had the top goal contributions of the top five players in or top five leagues in Europe. And at the top of it was Robert Lewandowski, who has 39 goals this season, which is outrageous considering <laughs> Dortmund play four less games or the Bundesliga play four less games than everybody else in the top five leagues. Imagine if they had those four games left and seven assists, which makes 46 goal contributions. Then second closest, I believe, was Messi, who has 28 goals and nine assists, making 37. And I believe Mbappe was third, and I can't be bothered to go look up his stats. So I believe went to who scored once. That's my limit for the week. So it's easy to do. It it inflates the numbers. So, for instance, Bertrand Traore scored against Manchester United yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I wonder how how his statistical input or output has been this season. I go on <laughs> transfer marked. I see he has, I think, five goals, now six, and then five assists. So I was like, oh, so he's he's been okay in terms of the statistical output. But when you watch the games, he's been eh, kind of hit or miss, like, why are you making that run? Why are you trying to dribble that way? You still don't have a right foot after all those years in France. I'm frustrated with you. But for your first season in the Premier League, for Aston Villa, a team that's you know up and down, not too bad in terms of just the numbers. And if people are just judging you based on numbers, then how you get the numbers almost doesn't matter. It's just that you have them. What Do you like how, when people add up goal contributions? Like, how do you feel about this whole thing that's maybe popped off in the last three, four, five years? No, for, for, for me, I feel that what role, what's what's your role? Where role is very important. Henri's role is different from Lewandowski's role or Eto's role because Henri's role required him to provide goals and assists because he was a complete striker. Lewandowski is a striker. Kane, you could argue that, okay, he's, he's now, he's definitely becoming a complete striker. So... For a midfielder, okay, go goals cool, but I really want to see your your assists. 
and the key passes that you're you making a game, that is your main bag. Goals, that's just extra. So every player has their role. My striker, your currency is goals. If you have more assists and goals, cool, but I want you to get more goals because that is what your currency is, because that is what that, that is your role. And that is what I, I, I brought you here for, was not to contribute to other guys getting goals, it's for you to, to get goals. So it's, 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 all, it's all the dependence on the role that the player has. And whatever the role the player has, you will then as, uh, assess his um, contributions or what he's done based on um, the, the, the position that he plays. Because every role has their specific requirements. Even if you, you let's just say we use assists. What's, what's an assist? I was going to get to that point. So, That's so my, my biggest is problem that, with this category. If, if I pass you, if I give you a square pass and you dribble past five guys and you put it into the top corner, do I get the assist? It was a simple pass that my my ten year old cousin could make, but an assist is what Pielo gave to Grosso. It's what Kaka gave to Crespo. That's an assist, you know. Or what Fabregas was was given to Costa, where or what Messi gives to Alba and all these guys, where that is a pass that completely destroyed the defense and put it on a place for you. The play that Vinicius messed up against Sevilla. By the way, watching Benzema after Vinicius fuck-ups is my favorite thing in football. <laughs> like, it's my favorite thing. So, Modric dinks a ball over the top of the Sevilla defensive line. Kroos is onside and passes the ball square to Vinicius. He should put the put the shot on target, which would then give Kroos an assist, right? Mm. Really, the play is set up by Modric and that yeah. ball... But Kroos would be the person who you would say he has a goal contribution. But Vinicius f***ed it up. So now do we say that play from Modric and that play from Kroos have no statistical... Now maybe you you could say Kroos has a key chance created or whatever mm-hmm. it could be. But people don't care about... It's not goal plus big chance creation. It's goal plus assist. That's what we're judging you on. That's what people want to add up. So Kroos and Modric get nothing from that. And Modric wouldn't get anything anyway. But Kroos gets nothing from that. But it's not his fault. It's Vinicius. Same way that you it that's the inverse of when you say, you know, I give you a five-yard pass, I square it, you have a tap-in. Best example. Do we know who passed the ball to Maradona in the England game in 86? Yeah. <laughs> he has an assist. But the guy dribbled through the whole team. Messi against Getafe. Who passed him the ball? He dribbled through the whole team. Rabio, uh, I can. It's just the next one that came to mind. Or George Weah. I, did George mm. Weah even need an assist when he went? Was that Parma that yeah, he dribbled yeah, through from from the? Yeah. Like, did somebody pass to him, or did he just no, take no, it no. off? Of, I don't no, know. No, no, no. I, I think he took it from the corner. So no one yeah, yeah. Pass. So there wasn't an assist there. But like, when a player does that kind of thing, somebody assisted them. <laughs> and the, the way that the rules are defined, but uh, shut up. Like, it's, no, it's, 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 see, here's the, the, the thing assist. You have to look at that word and dissect the word assist. If I pass you the ball, how much of that is an assist? Exactly. How did I, because how did I help you score the goal by just giving you a simple pass? A through ball mm-hmm. that is helping you to score the goal because I have taken the defense out of it. And have now put you in a one v one situation. So I have helped you score the goal. When you score the goal, that pass 
was a major contribution to me scoring the goal. But if you give me a square pass where I still need to do work, if I have to still do work to make the goal, that isn't an assist. An assist is where the only thing you had to do was beat the keeper or you were in such a great position where you didn't have to do that much work. If I have to do a considerable amount of work, it isn't an assist. An assist is a pass that leads to a goal. But a pass that leads to a goal isn't always an assist. So what do you mean by a pass that leads to a goal? An assist is a pass that leads to a goal. But every pass that leads to a goal isn't always an assist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, again, the pass that led to Maradona getting the ball against England in 1986 didn't lead to a goal, really. Mm. No. It was Maradona dribbling through the whole team that led to the goal. Like, and that's quite different than uh, a great set piece delivery on a free kick mm. or a good corner, which I can. That's a good assist, you know. Because how many times do people complain that ah, the kids? Yeah, so, so, so that FA Cup goal that Chelsea scored against City. No, City. Do you give the assist to Timo Werner? Mount plays the ball across. Venn uses his speed to get in behind the defense. Ah, then okay. Stefan comes out for some inexplicable reason. And Venn just plays the ball across and ZH puts it into an empty net. If I were at the controls of like what should be the statistic or who should get the, t- the statistic for posterity, I'd give that statistic to Mason Mount. Mm. I think his play is more influential to that goal happening than mm. Werner. Perhaps even Ziyech, because I don't think Ziyech could miss. But Mount won't show up on the stat sheet. He might get a chance created, maybe. I'm not even sure how that works. Maybe Werner would get the chance created because he makes the ultimate pass. But that play doesn't happen without Mount's vision and seeing Werner's run. Should there be a stat for, like, Werner makes a run? (laughs) Runs that lead to a goal or something like that. I don't know. Um, and I'm sure like the advanced analytics people have like statistics on all of this stuff. But what I'm seeing generally on Twitter and in football oh, discussion, G Twitter. plus A, G, A plus G. <laughs> I'm sick. I don't like. Oh, no, no. What is an assist? Goal, goal contributions. Shut up. Because it, it boils down and I'm glad that you went here because this is where I'm going. But what is an assist really? It's too subjective of a marker. Yeah, it's it's like anyway. It, like no, no. For me, I've 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 never liked that assist stat. I've never liked it. My the main position I played, I was not the coach or or, or the toilet cleaner. Central mid midfield. And the reason why I liked playing central midfield and midfield, I actually took more joy in doing through balls than scoring goals. Sometimes there was just a satisfaction of like, man, I just executed that pass that went through that to the defense that let the guy go through because it's such a technical skill to be able to just find that inch points pass. So for me, I take a pride in people like excellent passers who create stuff. A through ball isn't the same as a square pass. <laughs> Any professional player should be able to make a square pass. So my thing is, <sighs> look, hence why not every goal is the same. Not every goal is the same. Like a tapping, even if you've you have to, a tapping could result to amazing movements, reading the play and so forth. But a tapping is different from a thirty-yard goal. It's different from you dribbling past two, three guys. It's different from a volley. That's a different type of of skill. That's a higher level of skill. You scoring a volley from outside of the box 
a 40 yarder from outside the box as opposed to it's happened from like two yards or three yards, you know. So you, if most of your assists are square passes, that's different from a guy who is doing through balls, through through traffic, you know, or making like a, like a 40 yard pass across goals to, to, to a guy and he, he scores. That's a different le- level, level of assist. So, Do we have the same subjectivity for golf? If most of you your mean? goals are, you know, curlers from outside the box and most of the other man's goals or person's goals are two-foot tap-ins because, you know, you play for Manchester City and that's what they do. Mm. Like, do we have the same subjectivity for like, ah, that's a goal, but it's not really, or just is a goal just a goal? And we just accept that however you score, you score. Because goals are so important, a goal is a goal. Football is about score more goals than the opponents. So and I, I always say, put the ball in that net. <laughs> I know which way, put that ball in that net. I'm so. just saying, like, if, if you could say there are harder assists than others, so what is an assist? And should we count all assists on the same level? Then the same could be said for a goal. For me, take Ronaldo for example. You know, I I, I can't I don't know what the number is. I need to check on the number. Like, but Ronaldo, they said that Ronaldo dribbled past the keeper like a crazy number of times. That's a pretty big deal. And that is something that you have to take account for. Like, because most guys either they they try and shoot past the keeper or maybe they, they mess up. But for a guy where one v one, he doesn't take the shots. He actually dribbles past the keeper and go runs the keeper. There should be some added value in. So, what types of goals is scoring? Good, you scored goals. Now, what types of goals are you scoring? <laughs> you know. So, all right, England. Chelsea played City in a preview of the Champions League final. Chelsea won. Marcus Alonso won the game at the end. Is this a good thing or a bad thing from a Chelsea perspective, considering the uh, Champions League final? It's a it's a it's it's a it's a bad thing. It appears. Oh yeah, Ronaldo rounded the goalkeeper to score eighty eight times in his career. I th- I believe it's 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 a bad thing. False sense of su- su- superiority, because here's the the thing: Chelsea have not actually played Pep's best team. FA Cup, they, they those those were only a few days after Dortmund, so most Ilkay Gunnar hadn't played. Foden didn't play. Loads of guys did not play. This game, De Bruyne didn't play. Foden and Gunnarhan did not start. Stones didn't play. Also, let's keep it real, Sterling played in, in both games. And Sterling hasn't recovered ever since he missed the goal from two, two yards out. So. Did you see Pep's quote? I think what? it was a Pep quote. You know, on Twitter, it's hard to know what's real and what's fake. But. He said something to the effect of when you play a team so often, like we have with Chelsea, it almost becomes like an NBA playoff game or the NBA where it's just about adjustments. Mm. So you might show something in this game that you won't show in another, that you will show in this game that you wouldn't show in another. So it's almost like showing different looks. Mm. So this is a different look of City that you saw in the cup final in the league but it's not going to be the same look that you'll see in the Champions League final. But for Chelsea, I'm I think it's generally been the same. Which again, I think you you're right when you say it's a false sense of confidence because No, 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 no because if you're Pep, you know that oh, this is not as this is not our strongest team. 
And we now will not go into that final with this false sense of superiority. As much as Chelsea try, those players will feel that, no, we can't beat these guys because we've already beaten them, them twice. But once the referee blows that whistle, it's going to be a different Man City. First of all, it's not going to be a lineup that you haven't faced either in the FA Cup semi or this game. And also, mentally, psychologically, this is not this is a chance. This is what yeah, the intensity we've always is wanted. Be oh, it's going to be totally different. So the speed with which they reach the tackle, the 50-50s and and so forth, it will be a totally different game from an FA Cup semi-final and a, a, a Premier League game. So I, I think from a Chelsea perspective, I'd have rather they lost. Oh no, no, for sure. You see, I think that for, for Tokel, for Tokel, it's unfortunate because you can't, you mustn't change anything. You have to go with the same. But for yeah. Pep, you can now, oh, all right, those two games, we're going to come up with something completely different that you've not really seen. Now, let's see whether that same setup will not be when We're not going to come up with... Because it's like, which is what makes a series so good. A series doesn't start until a team steals a game. That's when a series really pops off in the NBA. So okay, boom. Okay, you've won your home games. You won your home game. You won a home game. Now it only really happens if someone still. Now if nobody steals the game, then aha, game seven. Let's 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 go. But if someone steals game three, or they steal game one, then we a series has now started and so forth. So as of right now, it's like okay, figuring out and so forth and everything. But now Pep can now come in as what well, how guys do in the NBA. All right, this doesn't work. That doesn't work. This is how they use Werner. This is how they use his speed. This is how ZH comes into place here. This is how their, their, their defense works. This is maybe how we become our pin. Okay, so this doesn't work here. And the key thing as well, Sterling won't start. He won't start. And Sterling has not really had a very good season. So already, you're now going to now play a team where they're not going to... The way they start will be totally different because... The way Silva, De Bruyne, and Thingy play is totally different from how Sterling plays. So it's like for Chelsea, it is it is the worst thing because you're you can't help it. As much as you try, even in your subliminal, you'll be like, oh my gosh, no, we can't beat these guys. And <laughs> you haven't seen Chelsea fans say, Oh man, look at this, this guy's city, man. We're gonna beat them. Look up. I'm like, you clowns, man. This is just not to be the dead horse, but oh don't don't say that about horses, man. Come on. <laughs> It's already dead. Don't worry about it. In 2012, Chelsea had a slight advantage in that you could foster. And obviously, this is easier because you're going into Munich playing Bayern. All right. So that makes this easier. But you could say us against the world. We're underdogs. Nobody's giving us a chance. All we have to do is just go there and give our best effort. No pressure. The more you beat City and the more people think "Ah, we can beat them, the more even the game becomes. Mm. And objectively speaking, Manchester City are the better team. You play in the same league, and they're miles ahead of you in terms of points. So this City team are better than you. But you would like to have the underdog factor. You would like to think you could foster. It's us against the world. Nobody believes in us. But you beat them in the cup in a neutral ground at Wembley. You just beat them in the league. So obviously people might not put into the calculus that City aren't playing their A team, which they aren't. But people will think, ah, Chelsea have done well against this team, so why can't they do it again? All right, I have Manchester United written down, and that was only to talk about how much they come from behind and how I think that means they can't be a good team. 
They're just fortunate. But that's besides the point. Let's talk just briefly. Chelsea women. They won the Women's Super League. I watched the game against Reading. Very entertaining. Very fun. Fran mm-hmm. Kirby, by the way, is a better footballer than Timo Werner. Let's just put that out there right now. If I could make the swap for the Men's Champions League final. <laughs> put it this way. Emma Hayes, the coach of Chelsea. If Roman Abramovich was like, okay, we're going to let Timo Werner play in the Women's Champions League final, but uh, Fran Kirby can't play. I don't think she'd do it. But Tuchel, now he would, he would look at the pace and think, ah, he'll keep Werner. But if he was actually smart, play her instead because she's just a better footballer. But anyway, um, Chelsea women are in the Champions, the Women's Champions League final. We can just call it Champions League final. They're in the Champions League final against Barcelona. So Chelsea men and Chelsea women are both in the Champions League. I think oh, yeah, that's I think a, one of my Nigerian ladies plays for Barcelona. Do you know what was interesting? The Champions League final is this week. Spanish football allowed Barcelona women. They didn't play. So they got a whole week off to rest. Meanwhile, the Chelsea women were playing Reading to wrap mm. up their back-to-back league title. So, you know, if you guys care, the Champions League final, Chelsea against Barcelona. Chelsea are a really good team. I don't know too much about Barcelona outside of just, you know, what Half Hope just told me. But, uh, yeah, Chelsea's coach is really fun, by the way. Emma Hayes, like, all her interviews are, like, really, really fun. Just wanted to mention that. Shout-out to the Chelsea women for, for winning up, their man. league. Shout-out, shout-out. Um, lastly... While we were speaking, a team got relegated. Have hope. Oh. Uh, Fulham. They were in the. They were what? They were in the championship. Then they went to the Premier League. Then they got relegated. Then they came back, and now they're going back to the championship. But the relegated teams are Sheffield United, West Bromwich Albion, who lost to Arsenal. Sheffield United, who were pretty trash this this. Oh season. yeah, that they were garbage. They were garbage. Was it one point in their first 10, 11, 12 games? It was. It was bad. Sheffield, West Brom, so Sam Allardyce is gone. Oh. And Fulham. And the promoted teams are Norwich, Watford, and Brentford play Bournemouth, and Swansea will play Barnsley in the playoff. We'll see what happens there. But, uh, yeah, just wanted to say, you know, rest in peace, Fulham. Rest in peace, West Brom. Rest, Wait, in, rest peace, in peace. Yeah, man. It was fun. Wait, is, it, is, it, is, is it that deep? <laughs> They're losing hell of money, man. They're going to the they're going to a league that has no money. Where in a COVID season, uh, right? It ain't it, 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 it ain't that, that deep. You gotta fuck? stay in the Premier League if you want this money. <laughs> you know how happy Norwich and Watford probably are, man. Like, bro, we're going to a league. It's it's milk and honey over there, man. <laughs> We're struggling. Oh, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah, no. That that money is is is, is big. Think about, you know what the capacity of some of the stadiums in the championship? <laughs> You're trying to split up no seat money. <laughs> At least in the Premier League, you got TV deals or TV money. So that's what I'm saying. Like, bro, who knows if these teams come back? I mean, somebody's got to come back, but in what state for the next season? That's all I'm saying. Um. I mean, I have Manchester United against Villarreal. We can deal with that when we get there. We didn't take questions this week because obviously it was a jam-packed show. So shout out to everybody that would have left us a question. We appreciate it. Did I forget anything? Have hope. Is there anything pressing on your mind that you've talked about in Hangouts or anything that we have not covered? Sorry oh, for oh, banging on the table. Wait, did, did, did we talk about the – did we address the social media blackouts thing last no. week? No. Are you sure? I don't think so. Or if we did, yeah, we did. We did. We did last week. 
We definitely did. So, um, so, 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 but do we talk about like the aftermath of where guys said like the way guys are still receiving racial abuse and it's like, okay, now what's like nothing has changed? No, we haven't discussed that. So, what happened? Who got, who got abused? I can't remember <laughs> who, but but some people just posted um, abuse that they still received once the ban you know, was lifted. Okay, I'm laughing there. because in England they call like hate speech, they call it abuse. And I think in the American context or just like dialect, we don't, it's not racial abuse. Like the word abuse isn't used in that way. So whenever I hear someone got abused, I think physical hand combat violence, like that's abuse. Like you got punched, you were abused or you were hit, you were abused. But in England, abuse, I'll assume includes the physical confrontation, but also verbal. So whenever I hear someone was abused online, I'm like, it's kind of oxymoronic, but I understand the context of how English people use the word. But that's why I giggled. But not not that there's anything to laugh about. You guys know how I feel about that kind of stuff. So yeah, what happened? No, no, yeah, no. I think people just said that you know um, the black house was pretty pointless because what did it truly achieve? Because people still um, got racially abused. You know, um, once the thing finished, so it's pretty much just was for posterity. And the funny thing is that you lifted it just in time for the Champions League semi final on Tuesday. Just in like, get those retweets, yeah. My God. <laughs> so, my thing was that again, it's like cool, you have to do you have to do the real work, man. All this thing about we're gonna now black out and I'm gonna black my shut up, okay? It's like these companies and so forth, okay, you now have to do screening. You know, have to now basically like what Facebook do. So you can't be anonymous with um, any, with you, you cannot be anonymous either on Instagram or Twitter, which you you can't you can't have a freaking egg. And um, CR seven is my daddy one four four five six as your username. <laughs> you know, so who owns Instagram? Double H. Facebook. Facebook. So if they can do it on Facebook, why can't they do it on Insta? <laughs> Dun dun dun! They don't want to, cause they don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> <laughs> they just want the fucking money. Like, yeah, we we talked about that last week, man. If you get something for free, you're the product. So they're selling something about you if you get that thing for free. On Facebook, it's probably more advantageous because the people on there are more likely to give you their their real names. Cause it, uh, the whole point of it at the beginning was to be real. This your Facebook, you know, Instagram. I think most of that is you're just here to see cheeks. You're here to see cat videos, dog videos, and sports videos. But mostly, you're here to see women, and you're here to see men that you like, or celebrities. That's why you're here. There's no real incentive to make it a harder barrier of entry on Instagram, whereas Facebook, I think. Generally, people would probably be more willing to give you actual information on Facebook because that's the point. Like LinkedIn, mm. you're going to give yeah, your real like, information it, on it's, LinkedIn. It's a business thing, yeah. That's the whole point. Facebook's yeah. closer to LinkedIn in many ways than it is Instagram. Yeah. So that one kind of makes sense. But the business model of Instagram, like, of course, you're going to get people. At least people like you can be annoying, but at least don't be abusive. So Callum.Keith. Right, he's not abusive. He's just annoying, and he puts his name on it, which I like. Yeah. <laughs> but somebody will not have their name on it, be racist, 
and you don't even know who they are. Where, where does this person live? Where are they at? Like, you got to go to their pit. There'll be a private account maybe or something like that. But if they're not, you got to go to their pictures. Where does this person live? Do you give any clues? You got to be Sherlock Holmes on the internet trying to piece together. Where's this motherfucker at? Uh, luckily, I'm not on Instagram, so I don't have to deal with any of that. And on Twitter, you can just easily mute and block people. But the point that those people can exist and keep on creating more email addresses and more accounts and this and that, like that's something that the social media companies have to deal with, but they don't want to. Because again, profit margin. As for the footballers not using social media, racism existed before social media. I don't know how solving racism on social media solves racism point blank. I mean, it might make you feel good to, hey, man, we're, we're, we're going to boycott. <laughs> social media is what you're going to boycott? You're not going to boycott corporations? You're not going to boycott? No, I, guess, I guess boycotting how, social media is boycotting like tech corporations. But how but like boycotts of social media stop a racist from being racist? How? Why? It stop it stops you seeing the racism. It doesn't stop racism. <laughs> that, this is a bad segue. But I saw that uh Carl's and uh Marcus Rashford's book is scheduled to come out, I think the 17th or the 27th, 24th, something one of those days. Don't get it confused. But uh yeah, like Rashford earlier today like opened up a package with the book. So yeah, mm. that's dope. I'll actually I'd ask you this. Let's say we solve racism on social media. People give their real names, they give where you can find them, uh addresses, emails, etc. They put where they work, they give references, whatever, right? You give enough information to where being racist online hurts you. Does that kill the idea that's in their mind? What do you mean? Not having a platform to be racist does not stop racism. No. So what's the ultimate goal? To stop racism on the on the on the platform. So the ultimate goal is really we want to be comfortable on this space. Mm. That's the that's that's really what we're asking for. Yeah. I don't want to come here and be annoyed by your bullshit. That's not an insane request for these social media companies. We're not even it's not even combating racism. You that's a far bigger job than I think Facebook, Twitter are tasked to complete. All people are asking for is just make our existence on your application a more comfortable one by getting rid of people who you should easily want to remove from your platform. If all of this other shit that you say we're trying to support black creators and if that's real shit then actually do what you say on paper and make the existence easier. If it isn't, then shut the fuck up with all this, we're supporting black people, black hashtag this, black creators that, February comes up and now all of a sudden now you got some black history month shit you want to do. Like, if that's real, then all we're asking for is make life more comfortable. Just be human. <laughs> like if somebody was saying some uh anti-jewish stuff you do it if somebody was saying anti-gay stuff you do you take care of it comes to black people and now i don't know you know why i think being anti-black is far more common than we give it credit for and they know it if you got rid of all the people who don't like black people from social media how many people are on there it would just be (laughs) black people perhaps i don't know you guys tell me you guys tell me i'm not in those spaces anyway it's annoying because the 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 placating that they do, like every time that they, they want something from black people or just try to they want to look woke. 
But then when it's actually time to actually do something, not even to solve racism, you're not capable of doing that, Zuckerberg. But just you could make it more easy for me not to go online and see bullshit. You could do that if you wanted. You just don't want to. All right. This has been the Talking Tactics Podcast. If you want to hear more talk about racism, mm. Europe, Africa, white people, black people, Extra, man. how, how, Extra how we often move along, books we read, <laughs> my quotes of Stokely Carmichael, a.k.a. Kwame Ture. <laughs> a quotes from a white guy called Leonardo Machiavelli. Yes. Uh, come, come check us out on uh, on Talking Tactics Extra on Patreon. But all right. If you just want, you know, you could just be nice. You don't have to come give us money. But if you want to, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Yes, sir. I'm at Daniel to look. Half Hope has his own website, a whole website. What is it again? Half I know Halfhopefootballhut.com. not C-O-M. Um, I still want the Horseman 11, but that's not going to happen. Nope. Calls at Anchorman 616. He'll be on soon, hopefully. And uh, yeah, this is thank you for rocking with us. This one's been a bit long, but there's a lot to break down. There's a lot to break yeah. down. Talking Texas podcast, sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always for the boil. Indeed. See you guys next week. Peace. One love, one love. Sports Social Podcast Network.